Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Rule the World, the ultimate power of storytelling. Storytelling is what connects us as humans, and for brands, it is no different. A well-told story can effectively position your brand in the minds and hearts of your audience, and can convert thoughts and feelings into results and revenue. On this show, we dive into the unique and recurring principles of world-class storytellers from every walk of life, to help you level up your storytelling skills and knowledge to drive real, measurable results for you and your organization. Here's your host, Paul Furlong. Well, hello and welcome to Rule the World, the art and power of storytelling. My name is Paul Furlong, creative director at Opus Media, and today's guest is Hems de Winter. Hems spent 10 years in journalism with roles including editor of the Liverpool Weekly News and chief sub-editor of the News of Merseyside Group. In 1989, he founded De Winter PR. Nearly 30 years later, it had transformed from a small lifestyle business into a highly respected multi-award winning agency with a team of 18, three officers, global brands, European links and a national reach. Hem stepped down from the agency 12 months ago to fulfil a passion for sharing with agencies and other organisations his knowledge of what it takes to create and sustain a business for 28 years, how to build, grow and keep a committed team and how to retain clients sometimes for decades. His new business, Hems de Winter Consulting, is currently delivering transformational projects for agency leaders and teams, and he describes himself as the luckiest bloke he knows. So, hi, Hems. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for being with us today. It's a pleasure, Paul. Thanks for having me. So, I wonder if we could start with you expanding on what I've just said about you a little bit. Tell us a bit more about yourself, what you do, and how story weaves its way into your, into your life. Well, I think stories played a pretty pretty big part in my life. I um, I, I was came over to to England when I was about five years old. I'm the black sheep of a large family of um, of civil engineers, ran land reclaimers and dredgers, which is the kind of thing Dutch people do. And my father came over in the fifties, uh, part of a team to start dredging the Mersey. So I kind of got imported uh, uh, all, all those years ago, and I've been around Merseyside ever since. As far as storytelling is concerned, I guess my storytelling uh, life began in journalism. 
um, started journalism straight from school and um, just something that I was absolutely passionate about. And I think one of my biggest thrills at the time was on a Thursday morning when the Witness Weekly News was uh, published and printed to sit in your archetypal greasy spoon transport calf and watching other people reading what you had written and being absolutely fascinated by watching their reactions and trying to think and thinking about what is it that has made them read that story? Why are they interested in it? And and that, that was just a fascinating start to my storytelling career, I guess. So we've talked about kind of two distinct lives that you had. They, they're distinct but interconnected, and it's kind of story that connects them. You talked about your journalism, and you've talked about PR with De Winter PR. So let's start with the journalism and, and get a bit deeper into that. So why is storytelling so important in journalism? I think, um, well, I suppose from a commercial point of view, you're trying to sell papers. So you are trying to fill the newspaper with material that interests and engages other people. Um, and, and I think, I guess that that is, that is the starting point. Um, but but it, it's more than just interesting and engaging people. I have this, I've developed this understanding that actually what storytelling is all about is is how you make people feel. I realized that the chap, the, it was a truck driver um, reading the paper that morning in that transport calf. And I got to thinking about what is it that is interesting him? What am I doing to make him actually be interested in what I've written? And I realized, I realized then and I've realized since, it is all about how you make people feel. I clearly made him feel something to make him want to read that story. I elicited some kind of emotion out of him. And I think storytelling is all about eliciting some kind of emotion. It doesn't have to necessarily be a positive emotion. It can be, it can be anger. It can be empathy, sympathy. It can be sadness. But I think that's, you know, that's what storytelling is all about. And there's that that well-known saying that we're all very familiar with, that people forget what you do for them and people forget what you say to them, but people never forget how you make them feel. And, and I think that's something that I've tried to use in my PR career as well. How you make clients feel, how you make your colleagues feel, how you make your team feel and your, your other stakeholders is really, I think it's absolutely a vital part of, of running a sustainable business. It's not about just doing good work. It's not about being polite. It's not about customer service and being creative. It's about how you make people feel. And it may it may sound a bit twee and obvious, but... Um, looking back and having the wisdom of the years, that, I think, is almost what makes the world go around, Paul. So making people feel is the key to journalism. You mentioned that it's the, it's the key to PR. Can you tell me a little bit about how, more about how story fits into, into PR, so how, how PR helps people feel different things? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, what we do is inform and we try and educate um, whether we're in journalism or whether we're in PR. We are influencing audiences. We are engaging with audiences. And yes, we're informing them. Yes, we're trying to educate them. Yes, we're trying to get them to do things. We're trying to get them to buy. We're trying to get them to be part of a brand. We're trying to get them to respond or to go onto a website. But actually, to achieve those objectives, which are kind of part of any client brief that you get in PR, 
you, you've got to elicit those emotions that actually enable your stakeholders to do that, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, I, and and it's that recurring theme that, um, that, 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 that I'll try to follow. So I wonder if we could uh, dig a bit deeper into the tools that you might use to elicit the response that you want from particular people, be it in journalism, be it in PR. What ingredients do you put into storytelling that are going to make people feel the way that you want them to feel? Um, I think that some of the attributes, I mean, I do a lot of, I do a fair amount of speaking these days and I do quite a lot of talks and lectures at universities. And I think regardless of the audience and whether it's in a PR context or an educational context or in a journalism context, um, I, I, I am absolutely convinced that authenticity, um, being authentic, being honest uh, not necessarily having an agenda, uh, being being fearless about what you're saying and how you're communicating with people, I think they are they are absolutely essential ingredients for me in in all aspects of storytelling to be effective. I mean, I'm a massive fan of TED talks. You look at some of the best talks um, on TED, and uh, I think you know most of us are aware of most of us are aware of that website. Uh, the best speakers, the ones that send you away completely absorbed or engaged are those people who are completely authentic and honest, who don't necessarily have an agenda, but who have a passion um, for getting for getting their point and their story across. They are the people who you tend to listen to, and it is their content that you tend to remember. And it's this, as far as possible the same principles in PR and in journalism. You're trying to put something across that is authentic and that is honest and that is transparent. I think that that a lot of campaigns you see these days are contrived. They are not necessarily. Um, there's a lot of spin involved. I, I question whether they are as authentic as they can be. They are designed and geared towards grasping for short-term commercial gain. They are not necessarily geared towards actually trying to make a difference, trying to add value and be honest. Um, th th that is what I see. Now, that may be an age thing, but I'm absolutely convinced in my own mind that, that there's a massive difference between uh, an organization running a campaign purely to make money, to grasp for that short-term commercial gain, and those that are trying to add a sustainable level of added value. Do you think you could give us maybe an example of where you've seen it work really, really well, perhaps a campaign that you've worked on in your career where you've really been able to be authentic without an agenda and be passionate about something um, and the results that yeah. you've seen from the back of that? Yeah, Paul, um, but I think it's the kind of subject matter that lends itself to authenticity, and that is in adoption. I've done an awful lot of work in adoption. I've been lucky enough to have three or four uh, adoption agencies um, on the in my client portfolio ever since we started, actually. In fact, one adoption agency uh, was one of my longest-standing clients. They were with us for about 18 years. Um, that that is an area where you are just being authentic. You don't have to contrive or manipulate. All you have to do is to is to describe and to 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 display um, the details of a young person who, through no fault of their own, find themselves without the kind of thing that you and I have taken for granted. You know, a proper caring family and a loving environment in which to grow up in and flourish. 
Um, you don't you don't have to contrive in those circumstances. You're, you're merely presenting the case. You're showing that there is a real social need. There's a real crisis out there, and it's as relevant today, incidentally, as it, as it ever was, where you've got an awful lot of young people um, sometimes spending their entire youth without any idea of what it's like to be part of a family. So, you know, there is an authenticity in that that you don't you don't have to you don't have to work hard to to contrive to pretend um, to make people feel something that 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 is that is you know just not relevant. It is it is a it is a it's an authentic campaign. So yeah, I think that's the one that springs to mind. Whereas I suppose at the other end of the spectrum, where you are working for a financial institution um, and you are trying to drum up um, customers uh, where you know it is purely a bottom line proposition, you are trying to manufacture customers, you're trying to convince people to have something that they probably don't need, that they probably don't want, but you're creating that need. I've tried and have succeeded by and large not to engage with that kind of client because there's no authenticity is that and it just without trying to sound trite about it at all it just doesn't fit in with the values of the business that that i ran um i, I think that well i hope that that the kind of two examples that that uh, that that uh, you know give you two end of the spectrum absolutely and i can see very much with your ted talks example how so- someone can be seem to be passionate and authentic on the stage when they're being filmed and you can see them getting excited and and the rest of all the, the visible cues that somebody has when they're passionate. How do you put that into, say, written journalism or written PR? What tools can you use to, to make that into um, a passionate story on paper? Um. That's a good question. I think that is that is back to the authenticity, and I don't want to be a bore about it. But it is about using the kind of language that is honest, that is not that is not unnecessarily sensationalist. Um, you're not using words that are that are that you have to use to frighten, or that you have to use to to emote. You know, I mean, there's there's a whole different language. You look at some of the stuff that we get through through about healthcare when when there's a healthcare mailer you you are actually there's an attempt there to make you feel insecure to make you feel fearful that you need whatever service is being proffered to you because actually it is in your best interest to do that so you you are being manipulated in those circumstances um and I, I guess it's a fact of life and i get that and i know that it's not a perfect world i guess it's just the choices you make you know are you going to deal with clients who who are you going to are you going to target your storytelling on behalf of clients who actually want to make a difference and add some value in society or are you going to go for the fast buck get loads of money off a financial institution to do something that is far more artificial um, and that's just the choice i make uh, i i worry i, I have a, um, a a big concern about you know storytelling now there are some fantastic storytellers about um you look at ted there's loads of loads of books around of people telling their stories real life stories adventures people overcoming adversity people dealing with all sorts of issues what concerns me um spending quite a lot of time talking to young people at universities is that i worry whether there is going to be a generation of storytellers, whether whether the, there are going to be new storytellers. 
Um, stuff's been happening at universities in terms of the engagement I get from young people. And um, I, having done a bit of research, 65% of your young people no longer feel confident in face-to-face -face social interactions. And eight out of 10 young people feel more confident having a conversation via text or online. So there's this, there's this need to be on your own, sit behind a screen with a keyboard. And I worry about those young people in terms of how they are going to, will they be able to tell stories? Will they have people in their lives who can tell them stories? And I'm using the word stories in the, in the widest sense of the word. I think that's really worrying because those, those kids, those young people are not going to be an awful lot of use in a business like mine where being able to engage with another human being, being able to listen and hear what that other person human being is saying to you and being able to share feelings and being vulnerable those seem to be qualities that from what i see in my day-to-day -day work at the moment uh, are in pretty short supply and i think that's something we should all be concerned about and i guess you must have seen that change in the 28 years that you had with doing to pr yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know, finding people who have that empathy. I, when I employed people in my day, I didn't necessarily employ them always for their technical ability and their experience. You can teach people how to write better. You can teach people about social media. You can pe teach people about web design or, or have them go on a course. What you can't teach people is um, people who are natural communicators, people with empathy, people with social skills, people who want to please other people. Um, and I have always tried to employ people with those qualities on the basis that I can teach the technical stuff, but I can't teach that natural ability to communicate. And, and again, you know, where is storytelling going? Are, are we are, you know, are we are we in trouble? And I worry a bit that we are. Uh, so I'm hoping that um, that schools, universities will maybe um, place a slightly more emphasis on on how young people um uh, interact with each other you know I, I don't want 15 emojis on my twitter account if i lose my dog or my or my close relative which is what's happened and which is what is happening i want someone to pick up the phone i want someone to to not be fearful of of interacting with me on a personal level and i think we're losing that paul and um as i say that that is that is something of concern to me so that interaction then is is key for a storyteller in order to determine what story needs to be told? I think the more time you spend with other people, the more you understand them, the more empathy you develop. And you understand that you know, however different we all are, we're all treading life's path. We've all got the same challenges. You know, we've all got the same insecurities. We've all got the same fears. Um, and you can't you can't rehearse those with each other um, um, either side of a keyboard. You know that is something you need to do face to face. And I guess in your kind of forty year career so far, from journalism into PR, the tools of storytelling must have changed. You mentioned social media that wasn't around forty years ago. 
No, so, the tool changed. Yeah, absolutely, massively. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, in the old in the in the old days, oh dear, old bloke alert. Um, when I started off, it was all a question of writing press releases and sending them out. That was it. If you wrote your three press releases um, and you sent them out, and it was a bit like casting your bread upon the waters because there wasn't a lot of science in it at all. Uh, you could send in your invoice because you'd actually done those three press releases. And my, how it's changed, not just in all the channels that we now have available, you know, visual, audio, uh, the, all of them, but actually client expectations too. People aren't interested in what you do. People want to know the impact and the results and the outcomes of what you do. That is how you're measured. It's not outputs, it's outcomes. And those channels, you're quite right. For a storyteller, um, these channels are a godsend. The ability to blog. I mean, look at the influences uh, and look at the money that some of our bloggers are making. And some of these are really young people. I think that's fantastic. And maybe that's the saving grace for us, that there are these young people who still can, can use the written word as a tool. It is an incredible it is an incredible power that writers have, whether you're blogging or whatever you're doing, whatever whatever form of communication you're using. It is an incredible tool because you have the power to make other people feel stuff and do stuff. Um, and I don't always think that all of us who who write for a living in whatever at whatever level realize that we have a we have an immense power and i think with, with that comes comes an immense responsibility um yeah storytelling isn't just about words storytelling is about youtube storytelling is about all sorts of different images photography there are stories to be told through dozens of different media through dozens of different channels um, and I guess we are lucky in that respect that we can get our messages out there. But the downside of that is the fake news um, where we're using those assets for bad reasons, for bad outcomes. Uh, and that responsibility um, we need, you know, we really need to drive home for anybody that's writing understand the power that you have at your fingertips, understand the impact you can have on other human beings in terms of how they feel, how they live. You know, we've all the trolling and, 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 and all the other stuff that we hear that, that leads to young people taking their own lives. That, that you know, this is part of the same conversation. Um, and that that's pretty scary stuff. So, yeah, it, it is... There's good and bad in all these developments. Um, yeah. So um, there, there are obviously basics to storytelling. We always talk about kind of beginning, middle, end of a story and, and various other um, structural elements. And you've talked about authenticity within the story. How has the change in the, the channels that you can use to tell the story changed the, the way that you tell the story? Or has the way that you structure and plan and work through the story not changed at all it's just a different medium that you put it out i think um it's it's become a lot more sophisticated you know you you would use a certain style of writing for a newspaper and you would change that style of writing for for the sake of argument a trade magazine you know you would be using you would be using uh 
a different kind of language if you're if you're just get, you're trying to get something into a newspaper and if you're talking to as i say a trade magazine that specializes in technical content you would obviously change your style for that uh, and it's the same with all the channels you need to adopt different styles writing succinctly um, when you've only got a few characters or a few words or, or a, you know, 100 words for a short blog, it takes an awful lot of discipline. And, and um, I think, I mean, I particularly enjoy doing that. I think being disciplined and not rambling um, and, and actually trying to get your point across in a set number of words uh, is a real discipline. It's a real challenge. Um, and that's the beauty of our language, that we can, we can do that. Uh, yeah. That's that's um, it, it is it is a challenge. But uh, if you look at Twitter, there are some unbelievably talented uh, Twitter aficionados out there who can come up with a, with a dozen words that really make you feel something just in. You don't need large tracts of text to elicit emotion and response. You can do that in a few words. And it's a very clever thing to do. I mean, storytelling, I, some of the stuff I do with um, with universities is comparing how the Times or the Guardian writes a specific story and comparing that with how the Sun and the Mirror writes those stories. And actually, it's the same story, but it's written in a completely different way for a completely different audience. It doesn't mean that the journalist on the Daily Mirror is any less of a journalist or less talented than, than his counterpart on the Times. It's just a different way of telling the story. What do you think the key is to writing such a great story and eliciting so much emotion in that kind of maybe 10 or 15 words, like you mentioned in that, that Twitter post? Uh, an, an understanding of your fellow human being, you know, to, to understand. To, to It's not about what you want to say sometimes. is It's about how the other person wants to receive that information. It's about understanding the kind of words that work on other people it's for me the two most important aspects of it are having an empathy for your fellow for your fellow man and trying to put yourself in their shoes i think the other secret is extensive reading the more you read the more different styles you absorb whether it's books newspapers blogs whatever it is uh, the more able you become and the more proficient you become at choosing choosing the right words. I have spent sometimes when I was writing an intro to a story for newspapers, you could spend, you shouldn't, but it has happened. You can spend an hour trying to, trying to craft that opening paragraph because everything that you do after everything you do in that article, in that blog hangs from that first paragraph. And you're trying to get someone interested enough to get to the end of your first paragraph and then leading them into the next paragraph and trying to hold their hands and taking them through. And the ultimate for a journalist or for any writer is to get the reader not to stop after two or three paragraphs, but actually to read the entire article or the entire blog or the whole book. Um, it, it is that it is retaining people's interest and keeping them engaged. And that That's where the great writers um that's why the great writers are so good. The great columnists, uh, they, they, they entertain, they inform, they educate, but they make you feel enough to want you to stay with them. And that's a tremendous gift. And what do you think it is about that gift? What, what's the key to that? Because you, you said, you've said all the way through that it's about being authentic and it's about not having a particular agenda. 
But it, often, in order to grab the interest, headlines can become kind of very clickbaity, and they're often quite sensationalist, which is almost the opposite, or is the opposite, of being authentic. So how can you authentically write a headline that grabs people? What's the key well, to that? That's the system. I mean, you know, I've been on both sides of the fence. I've I've been the journalist who just churns out stories all day long and writes about other people or writes commentaries, which is great fun. And you you do that responsibly with the with the desires and aims of the reader in mind. But then I've also been on the other side of the fence where you are the chief sub putting together three editions of the paper and actually writing those headlines. And it is quite true that, that, you know, there is sometimes a lack of authenticity. You are going for the sensational um, and writing a headline that you hope will at least get people into that intro that we've just been talking about. Um, I don't know. Can I forgive a bad headline? Can I forgive a sensationalist headline? I suppose if there's a greater good and it gets them into a story that might somehow enrich them or inform them or educate them or entertain them, then then probably all right. It's probably all right. Just getting back to the story, though, I think that, that you are at your most engaging, you are at your most powerful, where you are prepared to give of yourself, where you are prepared to be vulnerable enough, either in the spoken word or the written word, to to actually reveal something of yourself, to open yourself up, to give of your own experiences. And we're not very good at that, generally speaking. Um, I think the, the Continentals uh, being one, um, they are much more open and able to be more vulnerable and honest with each other and to tell people how they feel and to be to, to be yeah, to be more open. I don't think we in 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 England and Britain are quite as good as that. But the best presentations I've done, the best stories I've done, the best talks I've given um, when people really stop, listen and absorb stuff is when you are giving of yourself and you are you are able to be honest about your emotions, how you feel. Um, I, I think that's really compelling stuff. And some of the best writing and some of the best talks that I've come across are where people are prepared not to close themselves down and write about something um because they've been asked to or told to or paid to, but when they're actually giving of themselves and sharing their humanity, I think that's a real, really powerful thing. So if you could give our listeners one key uh, hint that would make them a better writer, almost to summarise everything that you've said or maybe something that you've not mentioned yet, and a better, something to make them a better storyteller, what would that be? The ability to give of yourself, if if that isn't too um, too vague a notion, um, to do what I've just been talking about, about being prepared to share how you genuinely feel about something, and and reading, um, reading more. I think that 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 uh, arsenal of words and phrases. Um, I think they're the two. They are the two things for me: being really authentic, open, vulnerable, um, and fearless. I think you know, to to be honest and to be vulnerable, you do need to be fearless. You've got to be so confident in yourself 
that really you don't mind what people think because you're just telling people how you feel. That is a really compelling, compelling story right there. This is how I feel, Paul. This is how I feel about this subject. This is why. This is what's happened to me. Um, th- th- that, that is what people remember, remember because that is the best way of making other people feel something. So I'm aware of the time, Hem, so I just wondered if I could hit you with our three final rapid-fire questions. Yes, of course. So who do you think of when you hear the word story and why do you think of that person? Um, I think of my grandfather. Uh, I think of my grandfather, who was probably my earliest storyteller. I remember I must have been six or seven, I don't know, very, very young and... Um, it was that comfort of, of, uh, in the mornings, my grandfather would make up stories and he would have a, a paper and a pencil and he would draw, he would draw characters as he was telling me these stories. And I remember, I, ju- I just remember being made to feel, I remember being made to feel, feel special looking back at it now in adulthood. Um, I would use the words that that he was sharing with me he i was enriched i was inspired i was entertained and i was completely absorbed and that probably was one of the first examples that i can remember when he made me feel he made me feel all those things and he he was he was just a fantastic storyteller he had a tone of voice he 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 was able to make up these these um, they were probably ridiculous stories, but they didn't half entertain me. And what a great start to the day to have your granddad doing an illustrated story. Uh, marvellous, absolutely marvellous. And you've mentioned TED Talks already, but can you re- recommend any other good books or websites or blogs or podcasts specifically about storytelling that would make us better at it? I um I really like um I like TED Talks. I mean I think I think Ted there's a chap called John Wooden. Um he was an American football coach. He does a really engaging talk about um when a team, you know, when a team wins and when it doesn't win and what success looks like in losing a game is not necessarily being unsuccessful he tells a fantastic story he's engaging he's someone you want to listen to Simon Sinek I know he's often mentioned but you know he's a really compelling storyteller um, because he's got real passion and he's got real knowledge and he's one of those rare people who is able to tell you a story and and tell you things where you think yeah, I, I really knew that, you know, why didn't I think of that? Why couldn't I have come up with that? He has that gift of being able to articulate what most of us don't. I think that's absolutely tremendous. So those two really, I um, I, I, I really like it. My other favorites, although it's not specific, I just love reading. I can't stand fiction. I just cannot read a book of fiction. I, I, I just can't do it. Um, but what I'm interested in is, is my fellow human being and people who, who go on adventures, who achieve things, who overcome adversity, who climb Everest, who survive unspeakable challenges in personal lives, adventurers, people who, who really learn about themselves. They are the ones I want to read about because they're real and, and that'll do for And finally, Hems, where can we find out more about you? Where can we find you online? Where can we interact with you? 
Well, um, I'm um, I've, I've, I'm ploughing a new furrow, working with other businesses and other agencies, and trying to share all the stuff that I've that I've learned over the last forty odd years in PR and in journalism. So my, my website is uh, it's hemsdewinter all one word dot co dot uk, and my Twitter is at dewinter underscore hems. Um, they're my main uh, they're my main channels at the moment. Brilliant. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you today, Hems, and um, I hope that you, uh, you've had fun talking to us, and I hope we can do it again soon sometime. I've had a great, uh, great time, great opportunity to share this time with you, Paul, um, and, uh, you know, you've made me feel very welcome, so there you go, and thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Hems. Speak soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Rule the World. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show and visit weareopusmedia.com for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to more episodes that will help you develop your storytelling abilities. That's weareopusmedia.com. Thank you and see you next time. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com